Eyes are gone. You're about to be entertained by some of the biggest names in show business. For the next hour and 30 minutes, this program will present in person such bright stars as... Uh, Fred Allen. Eddie Cantor. Portland Hoffa. Judy Holliday. Gypsy Rose Lee. Vaughn Monroe. Patrice Munsell. Meredith Wilson. And my name, darlings, is Tallulah Bankhead. <laughs> The National Broadcasting Company presents The Big Show. So listen, America, the curtains of America. We're going to be a pilot full of stars. The Big Show, 90 minutes with the most scintillating personalities in the entertainment world. Brought to you this Sunday and every Sunday at this same time as the Sunday feature of NBC's All-Star Festival. And here is your hostess, the glamorous, unpredictable Tallulah Bankhead. Well, darlings, I feel simply magnificent today. Guess what? A divine thing has happened. Some man has fallen mad in love with me. <laughs> well, on Monday, he sent me a stunning red rose. On Tuesday, he sent me two roses. And on Wednesday, he sent me three roses. And on Thursday, he sent me four. Forget me not. <laughs> you thought I was bottled up there, didn't you, darling? <laughs> I think I've lost my place. Now, wait. Oh, here I am. Well, I simply... Ad- Fred Allen's on the program, so I've got to ad lib, you know. Well, I simply adore anonymous admirers. I mean, uh, I simply adore anonymous Right, yes, because I never have to get to meet them. Maybe that's why they're admirers. Oh, now, that doesn't sound right, does it? And I just can't accept gifts from someone I don't know. Well, I had some friends over the other night, and they advised me to return the flowers. So I returned Monday's rose and Tuesday's two roses... And Wednesday's three roses. Well, darlings, I could return Thursday's flowers. My friends drank them. We did not drink them. Oh, Gypsy, darling. Gypsy Rose Lee. <laughs> Dear, it's swell being on the show with you, Tallulah. Even if it's just uh, to see you again. It's been so long since we've seen each other, hasn't it? Well, yes, it has, Gypsy. Let me look at you. Oh, darling, since the last time I saw you... You certainly have put on clothes. (laughs) Please, Tallulah, I wish you wouldn't talk about that. Oh, well, everybody knows you're famous for taking off clothes. Yes, and everybody knows you're famous for taking off birthdays. (laughs) Well, here we go again, boys. Why is it that every woman who visits on the big show feels she must fight with me. They all come on wearing gloves. Oh, I'm sorry, Tallulah. I can take my gloves off. And that's all, darling. This is radio. (laughs) I know, Tallulah. I happen to be mistress of ceremonies on my own radio show, just as you are here. I think we should be friends. We have a lot in common. Oh, you're quite right, Tipsy. Here we are, two women MCs. Now I know what MC stands for. Man's conquerors. (laughs) 
Oh, uh, by the way, darling, uh, what kind of a show do you do? It's a quiz show. Oh, yes, of course. Take it off or leave it. <laughs> uh, not uh, quite, darling. It's called What Makes You Tick? And you might do worse than to listen to it, Tallulah. It's uh, rather an adult show. I have to buy a new dress, a new gown, a new dress every week to go with a classy atmosphere. Hey, Gypsy, my sweet, my pet... With all due respect to your show, which is, after all, only half an hour, my show is three half hours, and I need three gowns every week. Yes, but you have to wear all three at the same time, darling. <laughs> uh, isn't she sweet? <laughs> the gypsy is the only woman in the world who can say she has nothing to wear and wear it. <laughs> Tallulah, I just bought this nothing I'm wearing, and it cost $500. Oh, my, our prices have gone up. Well, I just bought this gown, and it was reduced to $750. Very nice, Tallulah. It's lovely. I hope you won't think I'm prying, but uh, what size do you take? Size 12. Oh, the size was reduced, too. <laughs> oh, now, Gypsy, darling, here we are, two intelligent women standing around quibbling about clothes. Do you know that men always say women have nothing to talk about but clothes? They're so silly, aren't they, Gypsy? Oh, of course. Well, we have so many things we can talk about. Certainly. Well, there's no reason for grown-up women to confine themselves to bickering about clothes. Of course not. We could talk about, uh... Oh, uh, mm. uh, uh, um... <laughs> well, what were you saying about my dress, darling? <laughs> not to Lula, stop. We were both in the theater together. We could discuss that. Oh, Gypsy... I wouldn't ever for one moment underestimate your huge contribution to the theater. But after all, darling, I am a famous dramatic actress. I know how to project. Me too, honey. <laughs> I know how to underplay. Me too, honey. I know how to bear my soul. I pass. <laughs> you know, Gypsy... The legitimate theater is a stern taskmaster. It can be pretty rough, darling. Well, my branch of the theater was uh, quite rugged, too. Yes, I hear it's one long grind. <laughs> but the fascinating thing about me, Gypsy, is that in all my years in the theater, not once did I ever forget my lines. In all my years in the theater, not once did the audience ever forget mine. I played before practically every man and woman in the world. Well, I must admit, honey, I only had half your audience. <laughs> well, I can make an audience cheer just by, uh, well, by twitching an eyebrow. I pass. <laughs> Now, Gypsies, you can't keep on passing, darling. You've got to call a raise. I'll call, honey. How long have you been in the theater? I pass. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Meredith Wilson and the Big Show Orchestra and Chorus play their arrangement of If You Feel Like Singing, Sing. Gypsy, darling, why don't you sit down? I know it's such a temptation to walk back and forth across the stage while the music is playing. <laughs> Ha 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 
Hello, Meredith. Have you met Gypsy Rose Lee? Gee whiz. Gypsy, this is our brilliant musical conductor, Meredith Wilson. Hello, Meredith. Gee whiz. Gypsy's a famous entertainer. Gee string. (laughs) Say, I'll tell you a very funny story about that. Uh, Meredith, please. I didn't know you knew about Gypsy's talents. Oh, sure. I read, you know. Darling, how cunning. Oh, sure. I've read all of Miss Lee's books. I consider her one of the finest writers in the world, living or dead. Oh, I can see this kid knows all about me. Ever since your first book, Miss Lee, The G-String Murders, I've been an avid reader of your works. How avid, avid can you get? But the story of how I came to buy your first book is a doozy. <laughs> <laughs> Glad you asked me Well, here we go, darling Well, sir, Miss Bankhead I was in Omaha, Nebraska at the time I want to say Omaha or Was it Pierre, North Dakota? Well, it could have been Pierre Or was it Omaha? I thought it was Pierre No, it wasn't Pierre It was Omaha 
Lucky Pierre. <laughs> yes. Well, I was playing a date there with a the band, and we had a break for a couple hours. It was just about the time your book came out, Miss Lee, and I went by a place which had your picture out in front of it. So I figured it was the library, and I went in to read your book. <laughs> well, sir, they sure have funny libraries in Omaha. <laughs> uh, I laugh every time I think of it. Yes, I do, too. Don't you, Gypsy? I pass. <laughs> well, the strangest thing is, I guess the women don't read much in Omaha. The place was filled with men. And the librarians. Well, it's the first time I'd ever seen singing librarians. Boy, that was the liveliest library you ever saw. And Meredith, darling, get on with the story about Gypsy Rose Lee. Strip it down to its barest essentials. Well, sir, I would have liked to have browsed around a little, but they didn't have a copy of the book, so I left and got it someplace else. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh, but what's the point? Gypsy, you optimist. Well, sir, Miss Lee... I told the boys in the band about it, and ever since that time, whenever we stop in Omaha, the same thing happens. For a bunch of fellows that don't read, the boys in my band sure spend a lot of time in the library in Omaha, Nebraska. Oh, brother. We are happy now to welcome to the big show a brilliant young comedian from Hollywood the glamorous and talented Columbia picture star, Miss Julie Holiday. <laughs> Judy Holiday's most recent, most hilarious triumph is in Columbia Pictures' brand-new smash hit, the screening of Garson Canaan's Broadway success, Born Yesterday. We present Miss Holiday now in a scene from that picture, starring Judy Holiday in Born Yesterday. <laughs> Born Yesterday is the story of a junk tycoon called Harry Brock, who has more junkyards, more money, more connections than grammar or scruples. It is a story of his beautiful gal, Billy Dawn, who has more mink coats, more angles, more curves than book learning. It is the story of Paul Verrill, a young Washington newspaper man who is hired by Brock to wise Billy up to the waves of Washington society. The scene is Brock's Washington Hotel Suite where Brock Billy and Brock's lawyer are playing host to a certain unscrupulous congressman and his wife. The social amenities are about to get a real going over. Yes, Congressman, you ought to remember this little lady, a great first-nighter like you. She uh, used to be Billy Dawn. How you do? And um, <laughs> this is Mrs. Hedges, Billy. Glad to meet you. Glad to meet you. <laughs> I, I guess we can leave the girls together, Congressman, while we see about the drinks. Well, and how do you like Washington, Mrs. Brock? Uh, Mrs. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I haven't seen Washington yet. Oh, you mean to say this is the very first time you've been here? Yeah, that's what I mean. I never went on the road. <laughs> well, I, I'm sure you'll find it a very interesting city. Too bad the Supreme Court isn't in session. You'd love that. Yeah. What is it? Well, hello, everybody. Well, bra. And I suppose this is Congressman Hedges' wife, eh, Mrs. Hedges? That's right. I certainly am happy to make your acquaintance. 
Thank you so much. Did you have a good trip down? Oh, sure. I come in my car. Uh, I came. Uh, had to stop off in Baltimore on the way. I got a yard there. A uh, junkyard. The second yard I picked up. Before that, I only had one. How many do you have now? I couldn't answer that one, baby. Oh, excuse me. Oh, uh, that's all right. I don't know why I like the little Baltimore outfit. I just always get kind of a feeling from it. You know what I mean? Sentimental. That's it. I'm sentimental, like you say. I think we're all a bit sentimental. Yeah. Well, it's a free country. <laughs> Do you play bridge, Mrs. Brock? No, only gin. I beg your pardon? Gin rummy. Uh, excuse me, the, the congressman wants to know how you're fixed for time tomorrow morning, Harry. Uh, Ten o'clock, all right? Uh, it's pretty early for me. <laughs> I'll say. Eleven? Uh, uh, okay. Well, I'm sorry you folks had to run. You want to wash your hands or anything, honey? Uh, no. No, thank you very much. Well, uh, good night. Thanks for everything. Good night. Good night. Good night, all. Oh, brother, did you ever put your foot in it? What'd I do? Nothing, nothing. But, oh, brother, something's gonna have to be done about you. They're drips. Huh? I said they're drips. <laughs> who are you to say? From myself, that's who. Well, shut up. Nobody asked you. Pardon me for living. <laughs> all right, get lost. Not yet. Get lost, I told you. Hey, Devery, get that newspaper guy Farrell on the phone. Tell him I want to see him here right away. I got an idea. You sure you ate already, Farrell? How about a strudel or something? No, thanks. Have a drink. No, thanks. Well, okay, pal. Want to ask you something? Sure. How much you make a week? To quote you, how should I know? What am I, an accountant? <laughs> I love this guy. What's your name again? Verrill. No, no, no. I mean your, uh, your regular name. Paul. Ah, now listen, Paul. Here's a layout. I got a friend. Nice kid. I think you've probably seen her in here before. Billy? Oh, yes. Yeah, well, she's a good kid. Only to tell you the truth, a little on the stupid side. It's not her fault, you understand. I got her out of the chorus. But the chorus, she was smart enough. But I'm scared she's got to be unhappy this time, you see? She's never been around with such kind of people. Know what I mean? No. Well, I figure a guy like you could help her out, and uh, me too. How? Show her the ropes, sort of. Explain her what goes on and all like that here in Washington, huh? In your spare time. What do you say? No, I don't think I can handle it, Mr. Brock. Means a lot to me. Give you 200 bucks a week. Well... All right, I'll do it. When do I start? <laughs> right now. Why not right now? Fine. Come on with me, kid. Let me introduce you. You take it from there. Good. Eh? Billy! <laughs> Come on down here a minute. She's a real good kid. You like her. I was getting dressed. It's all right. It's all right. He's a friend of the family. Come on in, I'm telling you. Okay. Honey, this is Paul Farrell. Yes, I know. He wants to talk to you. What about? You'll find out. Sit down. Well, I got a little work to do, so I'll have to be leaving you two. Now, uh, get together. I'll be seeing you. Your, uh, your friend, Mr. Brock, has an idea he'd like us to spend a little time together. Uh, you and me, that is. You don't say. Yes. Were you some kind of gigolo? <laughs> well, uh, no, not exactly. What's the idea? 
Nothing special. He just wants me to put you wise to a few things, show you the ropes, answer any questions. I got no questions. Well, I'll give you some. Thanks. Might be, might be fun for you in a way. There's a lot to see down here in Washington. I'll be glad to show you around. You know the Supreme Court? Yes. I'd like to take that in. For sure. We're on, then? How do you mean? Uh, the arrangement. I don't mind. Got nothing much to do. Good. What's he paying you? Two hundred. You sucker, you could have got more. He's got plenty. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I'd have done it for free. <laughs> I would. Why? Well, this isn't work. I like it. He thinks I'm too stupid, huh? Why, no. He's right. I'm stupid and I like it. Uh, you do? Sure. I'm happy. I get everything I want. Two mink coats, everything. <laughs> if there's something I want, I ask. If you don't come across... I don't come across. <laughs> As long as you... As long as you know what you want. Sure. What? As long as you know what you want. Are you trying to mix me up? I know. Well, I'll tell you what I would like. Yes? I like to learn how to talk good. All right. Is it hard to learn? I don't think so. What do I have to do? Well, I might give you a few books to start with, and then if you don't mind, I'll correct you now and then. Go ahead. When I know, that is, I don't talk so good myself. You do. Fine. I never say ain't. Did you notice that? Never. I do. Well, I'll correct you then. You do that. Since I was very small, I never say it. We had this teacher. She used to slug if you did it. Uh, did what? Said ain't. Oh. So I got out of the habit. You think it was worth the slugging? Oh, not hard. It's the principle of the thing. There's too much slugging. I... I don't believe in it. All right. I don't believe in it either. Good. I learned pretty fast, don't I? <laughs> You're great, Miss Dawn. Billy. Billy. Sort of an odd name, isn't it? <laughs> what are you talking? Half the kids I know are named it. Anyway, it isn't my real name. Oh, what is? Holy smoke. Emma. <laughs> well, what's the matter? Well, do I look to you like an Emma? No. You don't look like a Billy either. So what do I look like? To me? Yeah, to you. You look like a delightful girl. Oh. Let me ask you. Are you one of these talkers, or would you be interested in a little action? <laughs> Do you, uh, do you get many? Now and then. What do you do about them? <laughs> Stick around, you find out. <laughs> All right, I will. And if you want a tip, I'll tell you, sweet talk me, I like it. Like that delightful girl line. Well, I better get along. Don't worry about him, he don't see a thing. He's too dizzy from being a big man. This is going to be a little different than I thought. Oh, you mind? No. 
It's only fair we'll educate each other. I'll look around my place for some books. If there's anything interesting, I'll drop it by later. All right. You can drop it by even if it's not so interesting. Hey, Paul! Here, Mr. Brock. Oh, good night. And don't forget them books. Oh, there you are. Well, you two going to get together? I think we're all set. Great, great. Appreciate it. So do I. Well, I guess I'll be going. So long, kid. Well... So long, Billy. So long, Kit. Golden days, a glimpse of stocking was looked on as something shocking, but no Lord knows, challenge. Anything goes. <laughs> A superb, a superb characterization, Judy, darling, divine. No wonder you were selected by the AP Correspondents Poll as the best actress of the year. Come over here and let's chat. What about? <laughs> Why, darling, whenever an actress comes on the show, we always have a talk. Why? Well, people expect it. This is the big show. No wonder you're here for an hour and a half. You know, if you didn't talk so much, you could be home in a half hour like everybody else. <laughs> You understand, darling, we want to talk about you. But I imagine Garcanian had you in mind when he wrote the part of Billy Dawninborn yesterday. You're so perfect in the part, that voice. Oh, that's all an act. That's my stage voice. This is my real voice. <laughs> yes, of course, yes. It's yeah. just like you. On the stage, you're one person. In movies, you're another person. Don't you dare mention her name on this program. <laughs> You don't like Billy Dawn? The wrong name, darling, with the right initials. <laughs> you don't feel good. Oh, I feel fine, Judy. I suppose I've become a little overawed at times. This show's a very big responsibility. Rehearsals, writing, direction, production, acting. I pour everything into this program. I devote all my time to the show. You're single, huh? <laughs> I'm unattached, if that's what you mean. You should be attached. <laughs> How come you're not married? Nobody asked you, huh? <laughs> my dear girl, I am probably the most sought-after woman in the world. I can have my pick of the most eligible men. Englishmen, Frenchmen, Italians, Counts, Dukes, Earls. They fought for me, wined me, dined me, toasted me in every city in the world. Nobody asked you, huh? I've had men chasing me for years. You should have let some of them catch up with you. Obviously, my dear, someone caught up with you. I let them. Hey, listen, maybe what you need is glamour. You know what glamour is? You don't know, huh? Darling, they call me the glamorous and unpredictable Tallulah Bankhead. Oh, what's unpredictable? And I thought I had trouble with Meredith Wilson. <laughs> unpredictable, that's because people never know what I'm liable to do or say. I do and say whatever I feel like at all times. So why do they say unpredictable when they mean crazy? <laughs> Oh, 
This is one holiday that I should never have observed. <laughs> On second thought, it should be under observation. Julie, darling, I have traded uh, bormos with some of the greatest names in show business, but never have I been insulted so painlessly, so effortlessly, so deeply. <laughs> to think a new young actress coming along to belittle me in front of millions of people. <laughs> the shame of it. The humiliation of it. <laughs> if you get married, you wouldn't be so nervous. <laughs> Indeed, my darling, I was just acting. Oh, that's wonderful acting. You go from laughing to crying to laughing to crying. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could do that. Hey, you radio actresses are so good. What? Hey, maybe I could get you an audition on television. Don't you dare mention that medium on this program. Oh, Tallulah, I was just thinking, I... Oh, excuse me, I didn't realize you were talking to someone. Oh, Gypsy, this is Judy Holliday. How do you do? Oh, I'm pleased to meet you. Hey, I remember you. You're the one who did the dance with the fans. Don't you dare mention that name on this program. <laughs> have been listening to Meredith Wilson and the big show Oxen Chorus. We'll be back in a moment as soon as I ring my chimes. This is NBC, the National Broadcasting Company. The Big Show. This is the National Broadcasting Company's Sunday extravaganza with the most scintillating personalities in show business. The Big Show, the Sunday night feature of NBC's All-Star Festival, is brought to you by the makers of Anacin for fast relief from pain of headache, neuritis, and neuralgia, and by RCA Victor, world leader in radio, first in recorded music, first in television. The big stars in this program are Fred Allen, Eddie Cantor, Portland Hoffa, Judy Holliday, Gypsy Rose Lee, Vaughn Monroe, Patrice Munsell, Meredith Wilson and his big show orchestra and chorus, and every week, your hostess, the glamorous, unpredictable, Tallulah Bankhead. <laughs> Well, darlings, here we are with the big show, and this is our 12th week, and I'm just beginning to learn what a curious affair this radio business is. Now, you see, darlings, in the theater, there's a, well, there's a personal touch. Well, they can get at you. In radio, I've found that I don't always know what the people think of me, or of the show. So, well, last week, I spoke to a friend of mine, and he volunteered to take a poll of listeners uh, for me. Well, I figured I might as well. I'm not doing anything anyway. I'm Fred gonna... Allen. <laughs> Well, hello, Tallulah. I'm sorry I'm late. 
I had a pocket full of nickels, and I tried to get over here by subway, but they've raised it to a dime, you know. A dime to go down in that commuter's gopher hole. <laughs> and I tried to call you. I tried to... <laughs> I tried to... I'm just laughing at some punctuation. In here. And, uh, I tried to call you from a payphone, and they've raised that to a dime, too. On the jukeboxes, I hear you calling me is now a dime, I find. <laughs> you know, I think that the government decided it's time to put the buffalo out to pasture in back of the men. You mean nickels are going out of style, Fred? Well, the nickel seems to be obs uh, semi-obsolete to Lula. I went into a bakery the other day, and I found that they have changed the name of that bread to Pump-A-Dime. <laughs> They take a pump of nickel and slice it in two thin pieces, and that uh, sort of makes... I think, you know, I think that nickels... Oh, yes, I see exactly what you mean, darling, but I'd love to talk about this at length, yeah. but some time ago, I converted all my nickels to Confederate money. <laughs> well, now, what about this poll you were taking for me, darling? Uh, how did you know whom to ask? Well, Tallulah, I had sort of a master plan for a radio poll. I called it the snooper. I would, I would look snooping down the street. I would look down the street and only go into the houses with no aerials on the roofs, you see. And that was quite crafty, Fred. Well, it worked out well for a while until I discovered that half of the houses with aerials didn't have television sets. These people had the aerials on their roofs so the neighbors would think they had television sets. But what were some of the reactions, Fred? Well, there was a young lady in Flushing, Long Island, who had a very interesting point of view. I knocked at the door. Yes? Excuse me, madam. I am conducting a survey to discover listeners' reaction to Tallulah Bankhead. Look how funny he talks. <laughs> Well, this, uh, that wasn't my real voice. Uh, that was my stage voice. This is my real voice. You know, I would just like to ask you one question, miss, if I may. Oh, no, I'm not answering no questions. No? Three years ago, I answered a question. I got myself a slob who's been sleeping in the Murphy bed ever since. <laughs> now, look, please, Mrs. Murphy. With cut glass chandeliers oh, With marble stairs yeah. And gold faucets So where do I wind up? Flushing <laughs> Now look, miss I hate to get that train of thought Off of your one-track mind But what do you think of Tallulah Bankhead? Uh, well, I'll tell you I have a very definite opinion about it <laughs> Well, that's very interesting, Fred But, uh what does she say about me? Well, this is radio, Tallulah. I don't dare mention those names on this program. <laughs> well, Fred, who else did you talk to? Well, I met a rather interesting specimen of womanhood in Kew Gardens. She was a uh, Miss Lee, and she lived in a rather bare little house. <laughs> I stepped gingerly over the gypsy tea roses in her garden and rang her chime. <laughs> Oh, hello. I'm sorry you had to wait so long. I was just inside taking off my, um, apron. Oh. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, my name is Fred Allen, and I'm conducting a little poll. Fred Allen? Yes. Are you the Fred Allen who used to be on the radio opposite Stop the Music? <laughs> well, that...
that is rather a clever way of putting it, Miss. And the answer is yes. There's something I want to ask you, Mr. Ballard. Really? I do a radio show called What Makes You Tick. Uh-huh. It's a quiz show, too. Oh. And I'd like to increase my rating. Would you mind doing your radio show opposite mine? <laughs> I believe But I'm here to ask you about, <laughs> I'm here to ask you about Tallulah Bankhead Oh, that's a better idea yes. Maybe she'd like to do her show opposite mine You see, I thought that if we could just arrange it It would be a um... Oh, I would just love to take that girl apart And see what makes her tick <laughs> Well, Fred, it looks like I didn't do too well in your survey huh? Well, Tallulah, I have been off radio for several years And I didn't make out too well either but there was one charming little housefrau in Jackson Heights who certainly deserves mention here. She came to the door in answer to my ring. May I introduce myself? My name is Fred Allen. Oh, Mr. Allen. Say, that's that's pretty tricky, miss. You open the door and the neighbors applaud. It's really (laughs) something. All the houses on radio programs have built-in applause, I've noticed. So, well, I'm, uh, uh, I'm conducting a little survey. Now, frankly, what do you think of Tallulah Bankhead? Well, I don't care what anybody says. I like her. <laughs> it's quite a coincidence that you should ask me. Yes. Because I happen to be the president of the Jackson Heights Tallulah Bankhead Forever Fan Club. The Tallulah Bankhead Fan Club? Forever. Well, that's Tallulah. (laughs) Tell me, what what are the requirements of the members of the Tallulah Bankhead Forever Fan Club? Well, we all fly Confederate flags in our cellars. Confederate flags in the cellars, yeah. And our password is a rebel yell. Well, a shrill tribute to your idol, hey? Good girls. I know I quote her if she knew about this. (laughs) At the last meeting of the Jackson Heights Tallulah Bankhead Forever Fan Club in Manhasset, we decided Now, wait a minute. Excuse me, miss. But curiosity and a tight script prompt... (laughs) I never will know what that means. Prompt me to ask, the Jackson Heights Fan Club meets in Manhasset? Only when we're not meeting in Forest Hills. Oh, I see, I see. Will you excuse my asking, but you have piqued my curiosity. Curiosity killed the cat, but my curiosity has a peak. My curiosity is a little different. Tell me, why doesn't the Jackson Heights fan club meet in Jackson Heights? Because all the girls come from Brooklyn, uh-huh. except one, and she comes all the way from Flushing. Well, and I... Then I would say Well, Fred, darling, I don't mean to question your integrity. No. But this whole thing is utterly ridiculous. Really? I don't believe a word of it, and I refuse to be guided by it. I don't think any of those people were representative of my radio audience. Well, I can sample a few more. No, no, absolutely not. I won't have it. Abandon the entire project immediately. Stop the survey! Now, please, please, Tallulah, watch your language. You mean my survey service to you is at an end? Yes. You want me to turn in my laugh meter? and my iron foot with the chromium shin that I put between doors so people can't close them when I call? You want me to turn in my gear and return to my rocking chair in the unemployment office? That's right, Fred. Well, this is nothing new to me, Tallulah. This is the second time a radio survey has put me out of business. (laughs) 
matter what you now take for headache relief, we urge you to try Anacin for the incredibly fast relief these tablets bring the next time you're suffering from a headache. Now, the reason Anacin is so wonderfully fast-acting and effective is this. Anacin is like a doctor's prescription. That is, Anacin contains not just one, but a combination of medically proven active ingredients in easy-to-take tablet form. Thousands of people have received envelopes containing Anison tablets from their own dentist or physician, and in this way discovered the incredibly fast relief Anison brings from pains of headache, neuritis, or neuralgia. So, the next time a headache strikes, take Anison for this wonderfully fast relief. Anison, A-N-A-C-I-N. Anison at any drug counter in handy boxes of 12 and 30, economical family-sized bottles of 50 and 100. Well, I don't know what I would do without Fred Allen and the members of the Jackson Heights Forever Tallulah Bankhead Fan Club. Or is it the Jackson Heights Tallulah Forever Bankhead Fan Club? Well, whatever it is, it leads, darlings, to a very happy moment for me. But with us today is a great young talent of the Metropolitan Opera Company, who received rave, rave notices recently for her acting and singing performance in Deflatermouse. Anyone who cares to can join me in a little organization I'm forming called the Metropolitan Patrice Mansell Forever Fan Club. And here is Miss Mansell to sing the laughing song from Deflatermouse. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> 
Come over here, darling. I want to talk to you. I understand they're doing some exciting new things over at the Metropolitan Opera. Well, that's right, Tallulah. To get people more interested in opera, they're trying to make opera more like the Broadway musical theater. You mean they're selling orange juice there now, too? (laughs) Well, they haven't gone that far. No, but I've heard, darling, that they're starting to use uh, Broadway actors at the Met. Well, of course, that might open a whole new life for me. Darling, I'm talking about the Metropolitan Opera, not the Metropolitan Life. (laughs) Just a minute, Caprice. (laughs) You know, of course, that I sing. Oh, yes, I have your record of I'll Be Seeing You. Oh, yes? (laughs) I'll be seeing you. I'd be interested in your opinion. What do you think? Well... I'll be seeing you. (laughs) Oh, now, Patrice, now, don't you start that, too. If they want Broadway people who can act, I can certainly do that. And as far as my singing is concerned, well, maybe you can help me, darling. Now, just listen to this. I'll be seeing you in all the old familiar places that this heart of mine embraces all day through. Now, tell me, darling, what am I doing that's wrong? Singing. Isn't she sweet? Look, tensil tonsils. I wish you could have heard me when I sang at the Paramount Theater. You sang at the Paramount Theater? I most certainly did. And don't think it's easy keeping up with that bouncing ball on the screen. I'll tell you what, Tallulah. I'd like to get an idea of your range. Would you mind running the scale for me? Oh, I'd love to, darling. That scale is quite low. I wish all scales were that low. Can't you try it now an octave higher? And not in this girdle, darling. I know what you mean, Tallulah. A really high note, if it vibrates just right, can actually split something. Oh, I don't believe that. Besides, I can't sing now. What is your top note, Patrice? I'm sorry, Tallulah. I broke your glasses. I don't care about my glasses, darling, but you broke my diamond ring. 
Singing or no singing, now, Patrice, if they really want to modernize the opera, they're going to have to get the finest performance on Broadway. Performance. Now, take, for instance, La Traviata, which is based on Dumas' great play, Camille, The Lady of the Camellias. Now, you will agree, darling, that the scene in which Camille dies takes the artistry of a really superb dramatic actress. Yes, and that death scene takes the singing of a really great voice to give the scene its fullest dramatic effect. Maybe. But I've always felt that when a person is dying, he doesn't feel like singing. <laughs> but basically, this is a spot for a great dramatic actors who can do justice to the immortal lines like these. Come back. <laughs> Listen to me, Armand. Armand, I have lived by love, and I will die by love. <clears throat> Listen to me well. Had not my death been certain, your father would not have written to return. When I'm dead, Armand, all you shall retain of me will be pure. If I live, there would always be stains upon my love. Believe me, what God does, he does well. Open the door, Armand, and take out that locket. It contains my portrait. Painted in the days when I was, was pretty, pretty. I had it made for you. Keep it, keep it. It will help your memory hereafter. Do you hear, my arm? Do you hear? <clears throat> I'm dying, but I'm happy too. My happiness conceals my. A death. Oh, it's, it's strange. Strange. I, I, I do not suffer now. Mama, I shall live. I shall... Ah, I will have you. I, I... Oh. Oh, Patrice, do you know Judy Holliday? Of course. Hello, Miss Dawn. <laughs> the name is Holliday. Judy Holliday. How would you like it if everybody walked up to you and said, Hello, Miss Flatermouse? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Judy. I know just what you mean. I certainly don't want to be typed as a singer who can only sing into Flatermouse any more than you want to be typed as a girl who can only play Billy Dawn. Well, that's exactly what I meant. So from now on, please try to think of me as Billy Holiday. I mean Judy, Dawn. Judy, darling, 
What were you going to say before you interrupted yourself? I... <laughs> I heard you two talking about modernizing the opera. Oh, yeah? Patrice sang and you did that uh, coughing routine. <laughs> That won't bring people to the opera, you know. You need comedy. Well, darling, how can you get laughs in a dramatic scene like that? It's very easy. I'll show you. As the scene opens, we pan over to our hospital bed. of it, thanks to you. <laughs> you hear that cough, Armand? Armand, are you listening? Armand, I'm coughing to you. middle drawer. <coughs> well, what's taking you so long? Big, strong man can't even open a drawer. First, I'm on open the top drawer. Now open the bottom drawer. Now the middle one will open. Big deal. a word from RCA Victor. Inch for inch, your best buy in television is RCA Victor 19-inch. Yes, a great many American families have taken this advice and bought the thrilling RCA Victor 19-inch console. Truly the most exciting buy in television. When you set out to become an RCA Victor million-proof television set owner, remember that the set you choose will be the very hub of your home for years to come. So select the model you really want most, and chances are that model will be the kingly RCA Victor 19-inch console. Inch for inch, your best buy in television. Your 19-inch set will give you, in a great big way, all the matchless, million-proof qualities of sight and sound possible only to the world leader in electronics. Yes, inch for inch, your best buy in television is indeed RCA Victor 19-inch. And with it go wishes to you and your family for all the warmth and good cheer of Million Proof Television by RCA Victor. Here, ladies and gentlemen, is a young man you've all been waiting to hear. At least I have. It's Vaughn Monroe. 
and I'm just dying to hear what they say I sound like. <laughs> Vaughn Monroe singing, The Night is Young and You're So Beautiful. I should have known, of course, Vaughn Monroe and his Pennsylvanians. <laughs> this is getting a little wearing. I, I doubt if you've ever heard my band. Of course, darling. I was just joking. Everybody knows Swing and Sway with Vaughn Monroe. 
That's uh, Sammy Kay. Connecticut Yankees. Mm, that was Rudy Valley. A&P Gypsies? That was Harry Horlick. Oh, uh, uh, would you mind, darling, repeating the question? There was, there was no question. You, you started the whole thing. I, I didn't ask you anything. I know. Vaughn Monroe and his Californians. <laughs> that was Abe Lyman. Oh, all right, Vaughn. I give up, darling. What is it? Vaughn Monroe and his glamorous, unpredictable orchestra. Ah, <laughs> isn't he sweet? Well, if you're not going to tell me, I'll just keep on guessing. Vaughn Monroe and his, uh, his uh, rippling rhythm. <laughs> that's Shep Fields. Well, am I hot? Well, that's a matter of opinion. Isn't he sweet? <laughs> I know I can think of it now. Look, well, I'd better make it snappy because Eddie Cantor's due here at any moment. Oh, Tallulah. Now, don't bother me, Ed Hurley. I hee ho. <laughs> I'm trying to think. <laughs> well, while you're thinking and trying to pronounce Hurley he, and while we're waiting for Eddie Cantor to Lilla, I'd like to take just a moment to say that this portion of the program was brought to you by the makers of Anison for fast relief from pain of headache, neuritis, and neuralgia, and by RCA Victor, world leader in radio, first in recorded music, first in television. Oh, I remember it now, Vaughn. Sweetest music this side of heaven. That's Guy Lombardo again. No, darling, that's Tallulah Bankhead ringing her chimes and saying we'll be back in a moment, and this is NBC, the National Broadcasting Company. This is The Big Show, and here is your mistress of ceremonies, Tallulah Bankhead. Oh, I wish Vaughn Monroe would give me one more chance. Oh, I think I know. Of course, Vaughn Monroe and his all-girl orchestra. no. No, I'm the one with the all-girl orchestra. <laughs> Eddie Cantor. <laughs> hello, hello, Tallulah. Oh, hello, Eddie, darling. You look so wonderful, so young and peppy. How do you do it? How do I do it? Listen, Tallulah, I was looking through Who's Who the other day, and I noticed that both you and I were born on the same day, January 31st. Oh, is your birthday January 31st, too? That's right. We're both January 31st. <laughs> Well, who's going to ask who first? Don't you dare mention that year on this program. <laughs> Personally, I'm not sensitive about my age. I remember the day I was born in 1917. <laughs> my daughter looked at my wife and said, You know, Mommy, he looks just like me. <laughs> Oh, but it's nice to be standing here with Tallulah Bankhead, one of the first ladies of the theater. I've been reading about her in Who's Who, and you know something? She was the first lady in the theater. <laughs> Gosh, she's not young, you know, the kid. <clears throat> Gosh, I wish I'd been around in those days. That was about the time another old timer got his start, Fred Allen. <laughs> and it must have been fun to be in show business when Tallulah and Fred first sprang into the limelight. Those were real days in the theater. Imagine Sarah Bernhardt, John Barrymore, Lionel, <laughs> Lionel and Ethel. What have we got today? Dagmar, Howdy Doody, and Uncle Milty. <laughs> Fred and Tallulah were talking this morning about the days of rectors and Delmonico's when a good dinner cost you 90 cents. Yesterday, Ida told me that liver is now a dollar 35 cents a pound. In the days of Fred and Tallulah, there wasn't anybody strong enough to lift a dollar thirty-five cents worth of liver. <laughs> Thank you, taxpayers. And, 
And the songs of that period, Gus Edwards wrote one of them, and Fred taught it to me this morning. It goes like this. By the light of the silvery moon, I want a spoon to my honey I'll croon love's tune, honeymoon. The lyrics meant something in those days. By the light of the silvery moon, what have you got today? Slam, bam, alakazam, zing, zing, zoom, zoom, whoop-dee-doo. I heard a cowboy this morning on the radio sang a song called, Get Off That Hot Stove, Grandpa, You're Too Old to Ride the Range. <laughs> yes, ladies and gentlemen, the songs have changed. Used to be a girl sang no, no, a thousand times no. Today the same girl says diamonds are a girl's best friend. <laughs> and in the old days, marriages meant something. When you said I do, it was till death do you part. The trouble with marriages today is while they're saying I do, they're looking around the church to see if they can do better. <laughs> the old timer stuck to one wife. Look at Fred in Portland. Been married 23 years. Burns and Allen. Burns and Allen, been married 20 years or more. On June the 9th, Ida and I will celebrate our 37th year of wedded bliss. A very happy marriage, except for one thing, one little thing. And it's not too late, you know. Ida's listening. I want to know, Ida, dear, when? <laughs> when are you going to learn to make a nice cup of coffee? <laughs> yes, friends. Things have changed since Tallulah and Fred got their start. Life was less complicated. In their day, if you had a problem, you talked it over with your family on the porch. Now you discuss it with a psychiatrist on a couch for 20 bucks a throw. <laughs> and what clothes are oh, the clothes? The clothes they wore back in those early days when Tallulah and Fred first started out. The crinoline days, the hoop skirt and the bustle. They tell me that at one time women used to wear seven, eight, ten petticoats. Fella got married to a girl, went on his honeymoon. When his wife started peeling the petticoats, he didn't know whether he married a woman or an artichoke. <laughs> I wish I had lived in that time when men wore handlebar mustaches and the women looked like women, you know, hourglass figures with sand in both ends. <laughs> what have they got today? Plunging necklines, no sand at all, just beach. <laughs> the old days, a man didn't dare to hope for more than a glimpse of a lady's high-button shoes as she walked by, but now, now he runs his eye over her like a Swede looking at a table full of smorgasbord. <laughs> and going to the beach, that was an occasion in those far off days. A girl had to put on bathing shoes, black stockings, bloomers, shirtwaist, jersey, a hat, and carry a parasol. This morning in the Sunday paper, I saw an ad for the very latest French bathing suit from the Riviera, a bottle of suntan oil and a zipper. <laughs> days when Emerson, when Emerson meant Ralph Waldo and not Faye. 
But Tallulah, Tallulah and Fred didn't have all the fun. There was another fellow in those days, the chap that Zichtel put into his follies. You may remember him. Came out in blackface with white rimmed glasses and pranced up and down the stage singing. How you gonna keep them down on the farm after they've seen Harry? How you gonna keep them away from Broadway, jazzing around, painting the town? How you gonna keep them away from harm? That's a mystery. Imagine Reuben when he meets his pa. He'll kiss his cheek and holler, ooh la la. How you gonna keep them down on the farm after they've seen Paris? A deep bow to a master showman. Oh, it was a pleasure being here, Tallulah. By the way, you know, Ida, Ida's been watching the show off stage back there. And you can do me a big favor, Tallulah. Who told you that? <laughs> no, I mean, would you do me a big favor? Ah. You see, a few months ago, Ida appeared on my television show. Uh-huh. I gave her one line to read, and she got it so mixed up, they're still trying to untangle the cable from here to Kansas City. <laughs> now, if I brought her out, would you... Would you Kindly give her a few pointers on how to speak correctly. I know to you it's me a child's play. I should be giving Ida pointers in child's play. No, 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 no. <laughs> no it'll be a big favor, Tallulah. I wanted to come back on the show with me, but since she made that mistake, she's afraid, you see. If you could give her a word of advice or encouragement, she looks up to you so. Oh, that's very sweet, darling. Okay, Eddie, I'll try to. Well, huh? Ida, Ida, come here, will you? Ida? Eddie, that's Vaughn Monroe you're waving at, dear. No, no, no. <laughs> Oh, excuse me, Ida. Here she is. Here she is. <laughs> Ida, this this is Tallulah Bankhead. Hello. Hmm. Hello, darling. Uh, Ida, Eddie tells me that uh, when you were on the show with him a little while back, that your enunciation was not as uh, flawless as it might have been, and you developed a sort of a neurotic inhibition about uh, going back. Because of some faulty diction in your rendition of a line. Huh? <laughs> you lost up a joke on his program. <laughs> well, just for one bad reading, you're not going back? What sort of a trooper are you, Ida? I tell you that if your husband wants you to go on that program with him, your place is by his side. You must never let one little, little line mix you up or keep you away from him. There, you see, Ida, and Tallulah knows... She gave you some good advice. Now, say thank you very much and tell her you appreciate it. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Ida, you did it. You see, you're talking fine. <laughs> really, you are. Tallulah cured you. Thanks. Well, I'm very glad to have been of service, Eddie. And nice to have met you, Ida, darling. Good night, my sweet. Good night. It was a pleasure to bank you, Miss Meathead. Oh, fine. <laughs> Yes, Portland. What is it, darling? We, the members of your Jackson Heights Tallulah Bankhead Forever Fan Club, heard Patrice Monzel say you couldn't sing in the opera, so we have written an opera for you to oh. prove you can. Would you like to do it now? Well, darling, we haven't much time. How long will it take? Oh, it's opera length, 
And we thought, since you have so many stars on the show, they could all join in putting it on. Mr. Monroe, Miss Munzel, Mr. Catter, Miss Holiday, Miss Lee, and Mr. Allen. Well, what's your story about, Portland? Well, as the opera starts, we see 200 cowboys chasing each other all over the range. <laughs> Chamber of Commerce, they crowned me queen, made me Miss New Rochelle. Millionaires took me out every night to a show or a cafe. But I met your pappy at a rodeo, and that is why today I'm an old cowgirl. <laughs> and my name is Pearl. I pack a and a robot twirl Once my beauty drove the men and saying I'm just an old hag living on the plane And I'm starting to look like Marjorie Maine Well, Paul, you're back. You brought some vittles? Oh, I skipped a page. What's happening? Well, that's my story. <laughs> Come on here, baby. Well, that's my story, little Judy. Ma, I'm getting hungry. Well, try and hold on, little Judy. I think I hear your pa coming. Whoa, whoa, baby, whoa. Why, Paul, you're back. You brought some vittles? Uh, <laughs> I heard you way up <laughs> Rehearsals, too. I said, better. <laughs> Heard you way up the road, Ma. <laughs> no, I didn't bring no vittles, Ma. I was in the pet shop dickering, and a cat stampeded my herd. 
They all got away on me, Ma. Why, your family's starving. You come home empty-handed, Pa. You and me is through. Ma, you ain't saying we're through. Ma, remember the first time we met? <laughs> now, hush, little Judy. Hush, child. Hush. Yeah. If you two hadn't met, I wouldn't be hungry today. <laughs> Your ma and pa has raised your little Judy. All I ever had to play with has been horses and cows. So? Till I was ten years old, I was walking on all fours. Well, you're up on your hind legs now, ain't you? Yeah. Well, maybe she's just sick of wearing harness for underwear, ma. <laughs> now, look at here, little Judy. Maybe your pa ain't done a lot of things, but I made a home for you, didn't I? A home? You call this a home here where rattlesnakes roam And rain through the roof always falls No cellar, no doors, no windows, no floors and buzzards scratch holes in the walls. You call this a home on the range. For beds we are sleeping on hay. No gas and no light. You can tell day from night. And the bathroom is four miles Again. Well, we ain't never paid no rent since we moved into this sty, and I ain't aiming to start no new habits. Hey, somebody's knocking high on the door. Must be somebody on horseback, folks. Well, dismount and come in. Howdy, folks. You remember me? Why, it's two gone gypsy. Our lamp. <laughs> Our landlady. What a memory. You ain't seen me since I rented you this cabin. That's seven years ago. You owe me seven years' rent. One thousand dollars. Um, two gun gypsy, and I want my money. Well, what's money? What is it? <laughs> I'm giving you till sundown to find out. Well, I'll tell you, we'll get some money somehow, and we'll count it out for you. <laughs> Better be counting money when I come. Oh, you better be counting money when I come. Or I'll pull my trusty trigger. You'll have mortis, you'll have rigor. So you better be counting money when I come. Well, Gypsy, two gun, we'll pay you the thousand on one condition. No, sir, no conditions. I want my G and no strings. <laughs> Paul, we got to get word to our son Vaughn at college. Well, how can we get word to little old Vaughn? None of usins can write more. Well, now, if Vaughn's playing basketball in college, he's making plenty of money, Paul. <laughs> oh, look, Paul, that big auto just stopped at the door. Say, some little dude is getting out of that auto. He's, uh... He's coming in here. 
Well, welcome, stranger. Folks, I'm president of the RCA Victor Company. What's RCA? Anything like DDT? (laughs) No, my company makes phonograph records, and I'm looking for folk songs. People today are crazy about old songs. Today, every family that owns a Victrola is saying... Get out those old ones about records. Those old phonograph records. The ones hidden on the key so long ago. The old wind up Oh, they may sound scratchy. The tunes the sweetie were catchy. A special that said, I love you so. We used to play them over and over Just to set the wedding day To get them portable I bring my portable And melt your heart away With all those old records Those old phonograph records The ones we used to play so long ago People want the old songs. If you yeah. folks know any old Western songs, you can make a fortune. Well, you sure can use a fortune, three. Yeah, for now, only our boy Vaughn was. Say more. Somebody's riding up the trail. Look, it's a man and a she. Well, I'll open the door, Paul. Mother? Vaughn, my son. Well, howdy, Vaughn. Who's the she? This is my wife, Patrice. Well, son... Hello, folks. Oh, I'm sorry, ma'am. Sorry, (laughs) ma'am. Son, you just come just in time. At sundown, your ma and me is getting evicted. Is this little man here with the Popeyes putting you out? No, 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 no. I'm just here looking for songs. If your folks have any folk songs, I'll be glad to buy them folk songs from your folks. Well, if we ever had a song, we could pay the rent, son. Well, Vaughn has a song. He picked it up at college. Let's sing it for him, Vaughn. Okay. I was waltzing with my darling to the Tennessee waltz when an old friend I happened to see introduced him to my loved one and while they were waltzing my friends stole my sweetheart from me I remember the night and the Tennessee walls. Now I know just how much I have lost. Yes, I lost my little darling the night they were playing the beautiful Tennessee walls. My darling, to the Tennessee Waltz, what an old friend I happened to see. Introduced her to my loved one, and when they were waltzing, my friend stole my sweetheart from 
Yes, I lost my little darling The night they were playing The beautiful Tennessee Waltz Oh, the beautiful Tennessee sensation on RCA Records, and here's your first royalty payment, $1,000. Ah, Vaughn, I know you save your morn, Paul. Jeepers, so this is money, eh? Well, you can bend it, and I never knowed they had pictures on it, neither. Come in. See, it's two-gun gypsy. It's sundown, folks. I'll take my rent. We got your rent, two-gun gypsy. Yeah, but we ain't gonna give it to you. Why not? Well, now we got money, we can afford to live in a better neighborhood. Ma, little Judy and me and Vaughn and Patrice is moving. All Ma and me has got to say to you, two-gun gypsy, is... So long, it's been good to know ya. So long, it's been good to know ya. So long, it's been good to know ya. Your shanty is no longer our home, sweet home. We gotta be drifting along. So long, it's been good to know you. So long, it's been good to know you. Well, darling, we've had a lot of fun tonight, and we hope you'll be with us next week when our stars will be Ray Bolger, Gary Cooper, Danny Kay, the Delta Rhythm Boys, Maxie Rosenblum, Rudy Valley, Julie Wilson, and others, and of course, of course, Meredith Wilson and his big show orchestra and chorus. And until then, may the good Lord bless and keep you for the near are far away. Judy? You find that long-awaited golden day today, Bon. May your troubles all be small ones and your fortune ten times ten, Gypsy. May the good Lord bless and keep you till we meet again, Portland. May you walk with sunlight shining and a bluebird in every tree. Eddie? May there be a silver lining back of every cloud you see. Meredith? Fill your dreams with sweet tomorrows. Never mind what might have been. Fred? May the good Lord bless and keep you till we meet again. Patrice? May you long recall each rainbow, then you'll soon forget the rain. May the warm and tender memories be the 
May the good Lord bless and keep you until we meet again. show next Sunday when we'll have with us Ray Bolger, Gary Cooper, Danny Kaye, the Delta Rhythm Boys, Maxie Rosenblum, Rudy Valley, Julie Wilson and others, Meredith Wilson and his orchestra and chorus, and of course your hostess, the glamorous, unpredictable Tallulah Bankhead. Juan Monroe appeared through the courtesy of Camel Cigarettes. The big show is directed and produced by D. Engelbach and written by Goodman Ace, Selma Diamond, George Foster, Mort Green and Frank Wilson. This is Ed Hurley, he's saying good night. Phil Harris and Alice Faye. Later, hear Theater Guild on NBC.